Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Recovery sort of. I'm Jason, a guy who kind of, I guess it's a chronic illness. I don't know. I feel petty complaining about it today, but there I am. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm an ag named Drew. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And um, when I had four years clean, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, relapsing and remitting multiple sclerosis specifically. What does that mean? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> um, Google it. Oh, no, no. So progressive. Thanks for, thanks for coming on, Drew. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Google it. Progressive, <laughs> progressive MS and relapsing and remitting MS are the two most common diagnoses. And with progressive, it goes downhill super quick. And with relapsing or remitting, it gets bad. And then it goes into remission and gets a little better. You still deal with some of the problems that you accumulated. And then it'll relapse and, and, you know, take a downward spiral again, do the up and down thing. So, so MS, multiple sclerosis. Yes. Tell us about that. What is that? So, who doesn't know? so multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease. Your body attacks itself. So it's based on your nerves and the myelin coating around your nerves. So imagine an extension cord. The rubber coating around the actual wires is the myelin coating on your nerves. So when that gets broken or open, the wires are exposed. And after time of using the extension cord, it bends and, and then it gets a short in it. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it causes a fire. Sometimes you can go the rest of your life without, without having any problems from that extension cord. And it's pretty much like that, but in your nerves, in my central nervous system, right? So like my spine and your central nervous system, as far as I understand it, and I'm not a college educated guy, but it pretty much controls every part of your body, right? Is that fair? Yeah. And um, so you get lesions in your nerves all along your spine and your brain. And what a lesion is, is that spot in the extension cord that, you know, is exposed and starts uh, misfiring or whatnot. So you get lesions in your brain and all on your spinal cord and, um, they say, well, not they say, it's, it's, you're born with MS. It's, it is, um, hereditary, but, um, not everybody that's born with it, it affects. So it's brought on by stress and trauma. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with an ACE score mm-hmm. that they give you like a point for every different yeah, thing you've a, been through. We did an episode on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, apparently I got the high score on the ACE score. Oh. You know what I mean? I won. That's awesome. And um, I also have uh, PTSD from stuff that I went through as a child, and um, that is a is a stress stressor stress thing. And um, at the time I was diagnosed, I had four years clean, and um, I was in an unhealthy relationship. And we, she was pregnant. We were having a kid, my youngest son, Mason, 
and we neither of us were happy. We just weren't compatible, and we were trying to make it work for the kid, which wasn't the best. And um, I started having vision problems and started feeling weak, like come the end of the work week because I was plumbing. I was doing a you know a manual uh, labor intensive job. Come Friday, I'd, I'd feel off and my vision would get messed up, but then I would rest all weekend and I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to go back to work Monday. Cause like I was raised with, you know, a man goes to work, earns a paycheck, sweats a little bit, takes care of his family. And that's what I was trying to do. And, um, one weekend I didn't relax though. And about a month in, the lights messed me up and I ended up going to the hospital cause I started getting real dizzy and stuff. And. They gave me steroids, which like made me feel better instantly, pretty much. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like that was a Sunday. I was like, I'm going to work tomorrow. Everything's fine. They were like, no, you got to stay for a week and get steroids in an IV. And then for six months after that, I was good. They put me on some free medicine. And um, about the six month mark, stuff started going downhill. Like I started getting dizzy. Um, I couldn't like piece together my my thoughts like to make it into words like I knew what I wanted to say but I couldn't get like there was like a misfire there was it wasn't getting from point a to point b you know what I mean and like I I started uh slurring my words real bad like it and not being able to keep my balance so like I appeared drunk mm-hmm. all the time so they switched me medications and like stuff got better for a little bit and then it it it, it went way down and like I couldn't really walk I had to like relearn how to walk and and mind you at this time i had an infant (laughs) you know what i mean so like if i if i would have had to have dealt with that by myself or or without any support i would have i would have surely relapsed but i was so ingrained in the 12-step fellowship i go to you know sponsor sponsee family uh friends now had a network you know what i mean a, a support network and um they got me through that man and um i took some financial advice from my sponsor at some point and saved up six months worth of bill money and when i had to not work after the unemployment and everything ran out that six months of saved money you know um helped me and then i was still not well enough to work after that and sponsorship family like carried me through that and then um i started instead of doing um labor intensive jobs i figured i could do like a desk job or or like you know something like that so i i started working for a nonprofit and um did good for a while but then like i got more legions in my brain mm-hmm. and um i started for like i have really bad memory issues now like short-term memory is horrible and um I get overstimulated and overwhelmed real easy. So like a simple task like that I've done 50 times on the computer on like a Google form or whatever, I know how to do it, but like, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't, I get overstimulated and just like, and like the anger just like skyrockets. You know what I mean? Like I've always had anger issues and been a, and been an asshole, but like the MS just amplifies that. So Drew, you're you're typically a pretty funny guy, and I I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna make this episode entertaining, and now I'm all sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's dude. So like, I should have been dead a long time ago. And if MS is what I got to deal with, I'll deal with it, man. Like, I uh, like I said, I had four years clean when I got diagnosed, man. And um, 
Like nobody thought I was going to make it, dude. Like I was bottom of the barrel. I was, you know what I mean? A junkie. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, you didn't have it that bad. I'm like, no, yeah, I did. I was homeless for years and made a lot of really poor decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I'm lucky I'm still here, but like life is good, man. I really ain't got no complaints now. Mm-hmm. So did you have any, like looking back, like did you have signs early on that something might have been wrong or was the addiction to so, out of control that it didn't really? Yeah, no, when I was using, there was no signs. I just always thought I was dope sick. When I got clean, after I've been clean for a little bit, I did notice little things like, um, like out of nowhere, I wouldn't have any energy, like none. Or like, like when I got a cut, it wouldn't heal as, as, as well as I thought it should. And like some of that might've been, had something to do with like hep C, which I got using, which I'm like cured for now. I got, they gave me the Harboni or whatever. But, um, like there's different little things like, um, I noticed like when I was younger, I did all the skating and the snowboarding and stuff. And I could like, and just like with anybody, when you're younger, you fall down, you bounce right back up and you get a little older. It's not the case, but like I noticed it seemed to me like I didn't bounce back as quick as people my age. Like my, my yeah, friends, my age. Yeah, because you're still a pretty young guy. I mean, with 40 yeah, yeah, I'm, clean, you're I'm 35. In your 20s, right? I'm 35. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's flattering yeah. for you to think I was in my 20s. Well, yes. No, I mean, what, no, I meant when you got clean. You yeah, 20, I was in my eight. in my mid late 20s. Like yeah. I was like 27, I think. Yeah. But um, I did notice like I kind of didn't think I bounced back as quick. You know what I mean? I feel like that's hard to navigate or, or figure out when something's wrong. Because some of the things you've described, like not bouncing back as quick or being tired at the end of the work week, I feel like I would be arguing with myself. Like, is this something and wrong? Was, or is right. this just... and, and I was. Right. And I was. And a lot of people me I got do. MS. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people do. And like that's why like a lot of people go undiagnosed for a long time until they have a, a really big flare-up like I did. Mm. You know what I mean? Like when I couldn't see, I mean – the when I had the flare up that took me to the hospital to get diagnosed, I literally couldn't see barely anything. I could see like figures, but they were way blurry. You know what I mean? And, um, like you see me wearing glasses now, but that's because like, I have astigmatism. I've always had bad vision, but I didn't know that until like, you know, having MS going to the doctors, I'm checking every inch of my body and a hundred MRIs and blood work and spinal taps and all that. So, I now know that I need glasses, but I knew it wasn't definitely wasn't normal. You know what I mean? Like there was no arguing like, Oh, this could just be, you know, from working hard. So is that like, uh, I, I, when we talked with Dave about spiritual bypassing, I'm picturing this story of like, well, look how great it was drew that you got MS. Now, you know, you needed glasses. You didn't right. even know that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So what a um, lucky thing. <laughs> I think it was a bad hand. Mm. dealt but i got i can't so with ms stress you have immediate side effects right so like if i get stressed out so i'm dealing with like a custody issue with my oldest son and dealing with his mother i get stressed and stress has an immediate physical side effect Mm. like everybody has an immediate side effect Mm. physically from stress but with me it's to the extreme and by that i mean like i stumble i can't walk i fall i start slurring my words and and not being able to function normally you know what i mean well my new norm you know what i mean 
I picture your girlfriend being like, Drew, are you stressed? And you're like, no. no. And you no. just fall over. <laughs> She's like, you liar. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> That's accurate. I see. Yeah. I went the other whole way and be like using that as an excuse all the time. Like, oh, you got to stop bitching. You're making me stressed. <laughs> so like, if you make better. me stressed, I can't do nothing. So <laughs> you better stop. <laughs> right. So like a lot of times, like people invite me to do something or ask me to do something. I'll be like, I can't my MS and they'll be like, well, that's, that's an excuse. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like you, you don't have MS, man. You don't, you don't know. Wow. Like a lot of people are like, well, you don't, you don't look sick. Ooh. I'm like, well, you don't look stupid either, but here we are. <laughs> did the, did the doctor that gave you the, uh, the extension cord analogy, was he over 60 or she? No, I came up with that. Analogy. Oh, did you? Yeah. Are you over 60? <laughs> So the doctor told me when I was diagnosed that I needed to treat my body like a 75-year-old man. Well, maybe that's what it is. And I told him that I didn't know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing, like, when you were given that analogy, I was picturing the modern generation and, like, everyone has that phone charging cable that's fucked up because it's been bent too much. And I'm like, everybody would understand that that's under 40. (laughs) 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 But we went with the extension cord. All right. So... Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, so I, he's he's saying upgrade your analogy, Drew. Whatever, uh, I worked in the field, man. We always had a, you know, what I mean, in, in the trades, we had extension cords. I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. So I I think the thing that really um, I don't want to say it's mind blowing or it's hard to wrap my head around is people, you know, who come into recovery. I'm picturing me coming into recovery. I have these dreams these you know new dreams arise and lost dreams awaken and all that great shit and i'm like yeah i'm gonna do this in my life i'm gonna have family i'm gonna work i'm gonna blah blah fucking blah whatever i'm gonna do right and then to get smacked in the face four years in right when i think i know every fucking thing right with oh yeah bro you ain't doing none of that right so that's so, got to be traumatized. And just to kind of set that up, though, what did your recovery look like, like before your flare up and your diagnosis? Like, what was your life in your recovery? What did that look like in that four years? Okay, so I went to um, a long term. I've been trying to get clean for five years. And I went to a long term program. It was a year long. I was there for 13 months, four days, nine hours and 36 minutes. Not that I was counting. <laughs> And um, went from there to managing a recovery house in a close area, but a different area. Um, was about to start a job doing electric, actually, in Baltimore City. And then my oldest son's mother got a, got charged with robbing a bank, so I had to put I had to drop everything and move back. And um, then I went through some other stuff in life, like my dad died, and so like. Life started showing up right after I got like my first year clean, right? And life continued to show up up till before the diagnosis. And um, growing up, my life was kind of always chaotic. I'm used to I'm used to that. I think a lot of addicts they're just used to the chaos. But um, like I I knew because I had been coming around for five years, like I knew I had to get connected. You know what I mean? I knew I, I had to get you know all the stuff they say the home group, the sponsor, all that. Like I really, I, I dove in like with both feet, you know what I mean? And, and wanted something better, you know what I mean? So then after moving back and 
and starting the custody battle and and all that i i ended up going from job to job and landed on something that i loved like i loved i i'd started plumbing and um i was about to go for my journeyman's and everything when i was diagnosed but like i loved my job you know what i mean because i was always raised like that should have been an indication that something is wrong. Plumbing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Plumbing sucks, but it was I was making a good living. Yeah, like I was yeah. making good gotcha. money and I could do side jobs in a couple of hours and make you know what I mean, a nice pocket full of money and like I was en route to like buy a house and shit. And like that's a big deal, you know what I mean? Especially coming from my family of using addicts. Most right. of them don't own houses or have anything going for themselves like I I thought I had arrived. You know what I mean? I was like King Kong. You know what I mean? I've shit rolls shit. downhill. Payday's on Friday. <laughs> Don't, Don't bite your, your fingernails. fingernails. <laughs> <laughs> Damn skivvy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry I interrupted you. So you're working you're hard, good. found a career you loved. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I got diagnosed with MS and I took my vacation when I was in the hospital getting the steroids. And then stuff was good for like six months after. So did they Roughly. immediately diagnose it as MS or oh, they yeah. immediately they looked didn't... in my eye and told me. Yeah. They, they look in your eyes and tell so you? So they like shine the light or whatever. So what it is is um there's something that blocks what they call blue light. It's not like the color blue. I'm sure you've heard of it if you've got kids and they went to blue light On glasses. Phone, or whatever. There's a blue light filter. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's something in your eye behind your retina blocks the blue light from penetrating straight back to your brain. So that burns out when you have MS. And when you get a big flare up, it, it goes away. Hmm. Yeah. So you got to watch out for blue light now. So it'll damage I, your brain. It, it doesn't damage it so much as it, it just strains it. So like a muscle, like hmm. when you lift a bunch of weights, it gets tired. And then, hmm. so like if the blue light, if blue light keeps coming or whatever through it, like stresses and strains, my brain and I just don't function as well. I got blue light canceling stuff on my glasses. Oh, uh, okay. I was gonna say, isn't that in the computers and the yeah. games and oh, all? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I got. The, I'm on this. I'm a big. <laughs> you got Jason. blue blockers. Yeah, I got the blockers, man. <laughs> you are like a 70 year old man. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm comfortable with myself enough to know and be completely fine with it. Like. So you're 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 King Kong in it. You got the world by the balls. You're about to buy a house. You're you're plumbing your heart's content, making all this loot. You got some kids, your girlfriend here and there, whatever. Custody. <laughs> you're you're going out and doing events, you're hiking, whatever the hell. And then you get hit with this. Yep. And so like my boss is in recovery too. So like he and he had had somebody in his family that had MS, so we understood it a little bit. He kept me working a lot longer than I should have. As soon as I started, like, getting balance issues, that's when you should have cut me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But he, he let me work a lot longer. And he put me on less um, strenuous jobs. Like, he, he kind of babied me. You know what I mean? But on um, one day, the last day I worked, it was um, – we were all on the same job and we were trying to finish this job up. And I'm the young guy. I'm the smallest and I'm the low man on the totem pole. So I always did the climbing. And um, I got up in the eve or whatever and was hanging a plumb bob to a three-inch fitting, which is something I had done a thousand times. This particular day, my vision and everything was off. And I the three-inch fitting was here and I was hanging the plumb bob over here. 
but it looked to me like it was like close. So I was like trying and they were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, they're like, Drew, you've done this a million times. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's in there. Like mark it. Like, give me the saw. Give me the, you know what I mean? Mm. And they were like, no, dude, get down. <laughs> like this. Is, and then when I got back to the shop, the boss is like, can you come in the office and talk to you? And I went in there and I was like, look, I know, man, I get it. Thank you. Like it wasn't, I knew it was coming. I seen it coming. Cause like I had started to deteriorate, you know what I mean? And, um, I had been to see a specialist at that point And then he told me that it was, I was at some point it was going to get worse. And I thought, yeah, you, you say that, but hmm. like, eh, I don't know. You don't know me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm young. I'm invincible. I'm, I'm good. And I quickly found out that I was not. <laughs> so I feel like that's a place where, and when our, vision of what our life is supposed to be gets robbed from us in this kind of way like i you know me i'm a guy who struggles with depression like i start thinking immediately i'm going into a depression i'm thinking about not being here no more like i can yeah. only imagine yeah no i went through that um i mean you're talking to me four years after diagnosis mm -hmm. And I'm at a spot where I'm okay with it and I've learned to cope with certain things, but like, I haven't always been like that. You know what I mean? It was, it was hard. Cause like, especially and the physical part is, it's like, um, what's the word? Like, uh, demasculating, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was always raised like a man can do this and man can do that. I can't even now I can't even like, I've got to get somebody to help me put an AC in a window. Or like move the dryer so I can get something behind it. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Open a pickle jar. You know what I mean? A woman's always like, here, honey, can you open this? And you're like, yeah, boom, done. No, I've got to go to my wife and ask her to help me open something. Like a bottle of soda that hasn't been opened yet. Sometimes I can't. You know what I mean? Sometimes I got the hand strength to do it and sometimes I don't. I definitely don't have the hand strength to like crank on wrenches anymore. Please you know help I mean? me get this pickle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like my, I can't. Sometimes they just don't work right, man. Right. Things just don't work right. Like I wear a brace for, um, I get drop foot, like, and, and most of the problems are on the left side of my body, but like, I can't, I can't run no more. I used to, um, for a little while I was trying to be healthy and like I would run and stuff. There ain't, that ain't going on no more. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and I picture, I, I think that day is coming for every last one of us when we have to face this ego that we've been hiding behind. And can no longer open the, the soda bottle or the pickle jar. Or, right. But I think the age that it's coming for you is a, hard, a lot harder to accept. Yeah, at, at 30, 31, I was 31 when I was diagnosed. No, I might have been, I don't know, whatever. I was 30, right. early 30s. So, like, when I'm talking to other people and they're like, oh, I did that. I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. They're like, man, you're, you're 30. You're, you're good. I'm like, no. Mm. And like I'm fighting for disability still, been, been uh, denied a couple times. Got a lawyer and stuff, so like it's going well now. But um, they don't want to give disability to somebody who's 35 years old. Right? I mean, I'm working class. I'm working age male. I'm not. It's a you know long what I mean? time. I don't. I don't get no easy road on that. You know what I mean? Well, and and even the other parts of your story you shared, right? So you, you come up against this, uh, realization. I am not going to be able to live my life the way I thought I was. This is not going to look like it was, but even after that, okay, there's these glimmers of hope. Well, all right. 
Maybe I won't be a plumber, but I can work at this desk job and help people out trying to get into recovery. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I'll associate with this nonprofit. And then almost getting that shut down. It's like. No, it, it, it got shut down. It did. So right. I started getting legions on my brain. And um, so I've got 13 legions in my brain. And I'm not sure how many are actually leaking now. But at one point, like it, the frustration of not being able to do something and thinking that it should be able to be done a certain way. You know what I mean? And like uh, asking my boss or telling my boss who's a friend that I, you know what I mean? I respect and, and love dearly. You know what I mean? Like, no, it you do it this way. And he's like, no, you don't. I'm like, listen, I'm not stupid. It's done this way. And then he clicks one button and shows me. And I'm like, all right, my bad. Or like when I start forgetting stuff and forgetting to fill out certain forms or whatever. And he's like, look, man, I think maybe treatment coordination isn't, you know what I mean? What? we can utilize you for maybe move you to like harm reduction like i lose my shit say some real inappropriate and mean things you know what i mean but due to it being uh organization that's you know what i mean a lot of us are friends and um in recovery themselves and understanding they they worked with me but like i completely lost my shit i was like fuck you you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um and then it, with with the more legions and, and the longer it progressed and then like the relapses. So like when the MS relapses, you get, you, you, I acquired certain problems and they never go away. Even after like it comes out of relapse and like starts to get better, you still are stuck with a little bit of that problem. You know what I mean? So like the energy and, and, and the strength to do stuff or the mental capacity to not be like overstimulated or overwhelmed on doing stuff just isn't there. I can't be held to a schedule. So like, I can't, I can't work. Cause like some days I wake up mornings are really rough in general, but some days I just wake up and I can't do nothing. You know what I mean? Except laying on the couch. What are the expectations now? Like now that you're here, you've kind of come to some peace with like, these are things that my life will not look like what's the anticipation for the rest of your life? Like what does it look like? Best case scenario. Best case scenario. I would hope that, uh, like I die from natural causes, not MS related. Worst case scenario that it'd kill me in my late forties. And, and, and what's your life look like until that day? So it's all on a, life choices you know what i mean so so the more stress i go under or i go put myself through the worse it's going to affect me right so like i try to live a, a less stressful life and um i'm very fortunate um i left my ex and mm-hmm. and i say my ex and and of course when you split up with somebody you always have like oh screw her blah 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 whatever but like we just weren't right for each other and like we we've moved on She's married. Um, I'm about to get married. Uh, we co-parent well. You know what I mean? So that stress is gone. I'm with uh, my fiance now is very understanding and supportive. And I'm kind of like a, a trophy husband. I'm a kept man. I don't have to work. I like stay home with the kids and she like pays all the bills, which is something I've never had before. Like a, a team player in a relationship never had that. So like my life is is a lot less stressful, even with four kids. We've got three full time and one 50 50 mm-hmm. and um it's a shit show it's crazy in my house but like it's not i'm not really stressed like i was previously and 
people have kind of in my people in my life, like uh, different family members or different friends have kind of come to accept the fact that like I can't do certain things. You know what I mean? And before, like when I was first diagnosed, like a lot of people um, like my ex, my youngest son's mother at first was like, oh, well, I want to take Mason to the beach or I want to travel or do this or that. And like, I couldn't do those things. And if I did, like, it would just stress me out and overwhelm me. And like, my body would get run down and it would just, it just sucked. I'd be miserable the whole time. You know what I mean? And like, people in my life don't expect me to do those kind of things today if I'm not up to it. I can do those things, but like, not like I used to. Like, uh, when we go trick or treat and I use a wheelchair, which is a big hit to the manhood too, but like, I got tired of not doing stuff. So mm-hmm. I got a wheelchair. I even got a fancy one now that's like powered and really quick fast got turbo on it it did yeah dude it's quick it works like a zero radius mower it's it's pretty badass so with all this avoidance of stress what's your meditation schedule look like i have four kids billy (laughs) it's a meditation schedule shoot like things i do to like to center myself and de-stress is like I, i i do meetings and um, a lot of people give me crap for it, but like I'm a nerd and I play video games and like fantasy was my first drug anyway. When I was young, I got a Batman belt and a mask and I was Batman. There was no convincing me otherwise. Fantasy was my escape as a kid. Comic books, video games, all that. So like I do, I do, I play video games and like I stream on Twitch and um, it's like a hobby that keeps me kind of, you know what I mean? Busy besides the kids when the kids aren't everything while they're awake or whatever like i try to keep myself busy and not with things that are like quote-unquote hassle or responsibility you know what i mean so i kind of try to give myself time Hmm. what's your uh what's your how do you find you when you're streaming phoenix gaming 858 on twitch tv so anybody that wants to make sure drew's kids don't starve no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) feel free to check them out um (laughs) I stream with my eight-year-old. We have a lot of arguments about old school games or what he considers old school games. (laughs) (laughs) He's the entertainment there. (laughs) This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, Members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what do you, do you think the thing that's helped you most with stress is just the fact of going through this and having to accept the situation as it is? I feel like that could be such a, 
a huge acceptance to one's life. So kind of. So going into recovery, you know, they tell you accept your powerless, this, that, and the other. And I had an easy time with that. Like it was real. It was real. real it was completely obvious mm-hmm. in relation I, to the using. Right. Exactly. Completely obvious. I was a shit show. But like being raised to, you know what I mean? Like I was raised with a good work at work ethic and. And like, this is what a man does. Like, that was hard. Like, so now I'm to a point where I'm, I've reached the acceptance piece of it. But like that, that's real recent, dude. That's like six months, six, Mm -hmm. a year ago, the conversation would not be going like this. You know what I mean? But like, I've, I've come to understand that like, that's just not going to happen. And anybody that can't accept it is just not relevant in my life, really. Like I'd go, okay. I don't, I don't deal with them. If that's the way you feel, go ahead. So I have, uh, around 37, I got diagnosed with dermatitis, which is why I said I feel petty and and stupid in this conversation about my chronic illness. Um, if it's a problem, it's a problem. I, I struggle with acceptance of it, you know? So what happens with, with mine, uh, my face starts to get red. And then it starts, if I don't do anything long enough, it starts to get like itchy and painful. And then beyond that, if I just keep not doing nothing, it'll start being like scaly and flaking off and shit, which I mean, you know, there's some ego hits there. Like I like to be pretty and right. I, it makes me a little less that. <laughs> um, so I got some creams that I can put on, which are a pain in the ass because I put them on. And I look like I'm wearing fucking white makeup or something all day long and blah, blah, blah. And they kind of burn and sting my face all day and give me a headache. And But then I put them on and then the next day it's like, well, it's not itchy, but now it's like bright fucking red and I look like an idiot and these blotchy parts of my face. And then, but it, it, it all comes from the same place of like my body attacking itself, right? right. My body deciding that some of it, some of it is not being recognized as it i guess and and it wanting to fix that you know there's there's some suggestions uh online about dietary changes i can make to help that or lifestyle changes and and you know i i toy with some of them i'm but it's hard to be completely all in because you know i got a cream that i can use and that'll help me mostly and and it's not debilitating it doesn't stop me from a lot of shit it just doesn't look that good have you had to struggle with any kind of dietary changes? I feel like it's more immediate for your... So they tell you um, to try keto. Go keto light at first. You can't make any like drastic changes. The sugars. But to try keto. And like I have cut out a lot of soda. I still drink it. Um, like I don't do energy drinks anymore because another lovely side effect is becoming like caffeine sensitive. You know what I mean? Hmm. And... No energy and don't have caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Well... Wow. I mean, I still do coffee. You can still drink a little bit of coffee, just not a lot. And I still do energy, but that's like a sugar-free drink or whatever. And it and it's got caffeine in it, but the sugar mixed with the caffeine is, is real bad. Um, you can't eat like whole wheat bread is is bad for me. It like makes me real sluggish and like fast food, like pro- real extremely processed foods is bad. But like I still eat those things, but like a little less. Like I try mm-hmm. to... Um, Cause like I'm a stay at home husband or whatever. I'm a trophy husband. I, I do all the cooking. So like sometimes like I try to feed chicken feet uh, to fit chicken and stuff into my diet and not have all that process, easy freezer aisle food, just throw in the oven. I, I try and I, and I do eat better than I have, but like, I still, it's like you said, it's hard to be all in, you know what I mean? 
I got four kids. Sometimes I need to just throw some nuggets in the in the oven right. and eat a couple while I'm getting them all squared away. You know what I mean? I get it. Uh, in some of my attempts to do some of my dieting to help myself out, like it's pretty restrictive to really, really go all in on it. And I and I've tried it at times, but it makes it even twice as tough because my kids are like we ain't eating that bullshit so now it's like you got to make two dinners and two lunches and and then you know at the end of the night i put my kid to bed and i'm walking past the the fucking cupboard that's got all the goddamn snack cakes that they want to eat and i'm like oh that looks so good late at night's the worst (laughs) i want an oatmeal cream pie oh yeah fuck so So, go ahead did uh after your diagnosis like did that if how did that affect your recovery your engagement in recovery or what your recovery looked like? So I couldn't. So right around the time it started getting real bad, the COVID happened. Stuff started shutting down anyway. But before that, before, before COVID hit, like I was to the point where I couldn't walk and stuff. So like I tried, so there's always been zoom meetings. People don't realize that before COVID there was zoom meetings, but like I couldn't find any good ones. They were all like in other languages or not, you know what I mean? Very, uh, right. Far away places where they didn't have regular right. meetings. Not, so you not, had two people online trying right. to make Not <laughs> very, not super helpful. Well, and, and you know, this is a critical judgy statement, but they were also those kind of people that went to online meetings, which was that, you know, before COVID that was a certain type of person. Right, right. So, no, you're you're right. And then a lot of my, like, and I couldn't work and I couldn't go anywhere. And some of my friends that are, you know what I mean, still busting their ass working every day, they're like, man, you're lucky. You got it, you got it made. You collect unemployment. You get to sit home all day. I'm like, yeah, fuck you guys. Like, mm-hmm. This is not cool. And then, and then quarantine happened. COVID. They're like, man, this sucks. I'm like, I fucking told you, man. I've been here for six months already. This is not. But then zoom meetings started getting you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i started seeing people that i knew and like that was awesome and during that time like is when i is i was going through the process of like learning how to like walk better you know what i mean and when i say learning how to walk it's not that i couldn't walk it's just that i looked like a crazy person when i did it you know what i mean like my muscles weren't 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 doing what they were supposed to do you know what i mean i went through some um i think it's called incontinence you shoot yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, just yeah. say so, shoot yourself on here. Then. Right, yeah. Okay. We're cool. But um so I went through all that. I was I was coming out the other end of the tunnel on that stuff, you know what I mean, and getting better with getting changed from medication to medication or whatever and and making some life changes, lifestyle changes. I think everybody went through the the change in your recovery from having to do the zoom means, but even more so with me, like even after meetings started to open up and stuff like i can't really go to many you know what i mean and i i got i kind of got this whole autoimmune thing going on i ain't got immune system after i take my medicine they're uh autoimmune rep- suppressants mm. so like after i get the infusion i can't you know what i mean for three months after the medicine i'm on now for three months after i get it i have no immune system mm. you know what i mean and i get it every six months so like there's six months out of the year that i'm have a close to normal quote unquote close to normal immune system so like i stopped i had to stop going to like so many means like because early in my i went to a lot of means i went as much as i could you know i mean my first year i went to like two or three a day because i was in baltimore city and they were so accessible Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and even after i moved uh to like glen burnie or back here to cecil county like i went pretty frequently and like i had to not 
go as much, but um, I had these relationships established with like my sponsor and, and different friends. So like, I still interacted with those people and they came over, or we would go out to do certain things like eat or hang out or whatever, but it, it definitely slowed down my recovery. Certain aspects of it slowed down, man, like big time. Have you attempted to like, you know, because your particular brand of recovery is the 12 step version. Have you attempted to work the 12 steps about this specific? Look, man, I'm still working through my 12 steps just for addiction. So after, (laughs) after I go through that, you know what I mean? I'm on step 10 now. So like after maybe, but like as far as writing on like a specific writing on the steps specifically for MS, I haven't, but like I, I, I do apply it to that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like powerlessness, like I'm powerless. You know what I mean? I've got it now. Like I've got to deal with it. You know what I mean? And, um, working the acceptance piece and like a six step, the character defects. So like all my character defects are pretty much the same, but they're like amplified or exacerbated. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've always been a smart ass and an asshole, but like, and I've always had anger issues, but like the MS when I get overstimulated or whatever, like, okay, so I have, well, there's a four-year-old and two three-year-olds now. They were all three at one point, whatever. We've got three toddlers and they, you know what I mean? Dad, 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 I want, I want a waffle. I want a waffle. I want a waffle. But if you repeatedly say the same thing to me, that gets annoying to everybody, right? But I will lose my shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I will lose it. Like it overstimulates me. It just, it hurts my brain. Like I don't know how else to explain it besides like it just jacks me up, man. Well, it so took like, me 45 minutes, Billy, but I, too, now have MS. <laughs> you see, I, I knew I had it. He just gave me another checklist. <laughs> right. But Kids take, annoying, check. It, right. <laughs> so, but, like, normally it's, like, on this level, but, like, with the MS, it, like, just fries you, dude. Like, mm-hmm. if can't hack it sometimes. So, if we were going to talk about, uh, which is, you know, kind of where we hope to get to, anybody else that's going to come into recovery get the experience of, you know, having these lost dreams raise up and new dreams awaken only to find through, you know, maybe it's chronic illness as well, which is the topic of sort of this episode, but maybe it's some other reason, but all that gets shattered and crushed away. What are some helpful ways or or things that maybe if you knew them beforehand would have helped you in the process? That's, that's a hard one. Cause like at first I, I went into the diet kicking and screaming. Like mm. I was not okay with it. You know what I mean? I pushed myself too much and, and made things worse, harder on myself with MS specifically. I would just say like, try to cut stressors out of your life. You know what I mean? Find out why those things are stressing you. And that's with a lot of autoimmune diseases out of all autoimmune diseases. Stress makes things worse. Right. Mm. And, and really with everything in life, stress makes things worse. So like really, I had to look at what were like key stressors in my life and the things that I would stress about that were like inevitable or you could, I couldn't take them out of my life. I had to look at why that stresses me and work on that. You know what I mean? And it's easier said than done, but like that's what I had to do and that's what I did. So like not being able to work and provide and like have my own money to do things that sucks for anybody not to be able to take care of yourself. Cause like in life and, and, and a 12 step fellowship, like they tell you like be fully self-sufficient, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Take care of yourself and, and, and to better yourself, you have to, you know, take care of yourself and do certain things. 
So like, I kind of had to reevaluate that as, you know what I mean? Like I just can't do certain things and I had to come to acceptance. And, and as far as tips to, to come to that, I, I wouldn't know mm. what key thing to tell somebody, you know what I mean? Well, I think what you gave us there was definitely this idea of like self-reflection, right? I, I feel like this has almost pushed you into a place of really having to sit here and reflect on, man, what stresses me out? Why do these things stress me out, right? Which ones, how can I set my life up in a way that's meaningful and makes sense to me and stop living up to these expectations that I was either given from my family of origin or whether I was given them from society, like fuck all them stupid ass expectations. What is life for me? Right. I feel like that's a deep thing all in itself. Yeah. So like societal norms or whatever, like, Oh, by 35, you should have like 3.5 kids in a house and this, that, and the other. And I'm so not only with, uh, you know, being an addict and then coming into recovery, like I already got a late start on life. Mm-hmm. And when I, it feels like like right when I really got the gears turning and I was about to start accomplishing all these things, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. So like I had to reach another level of acceptance. Like I had worked on acceptance with coming into recovery. Like, look, I didn't adult very well for the first 27 years of my life or whatever. Like I'm going to start to try to do good now. And then when I finally start to, that stuff starts to click, like it's like, nope, reset button. You got to, you got to figure it out. And then like, I went to like being a peer and I got my certification and everything. And like, things were going good there. And, and I was making good money doing that too. And um, I was good at it. You know what I mean? I had some like life experience and job experience, quote unquote job experience before I like started working in that field. But then again, the MS took that away from me. Like it's been levels. Like I had to reach acceptance to here, to this level. And then to this level, like I just had had to keep like adapting you know what i mean and i'm sure at some point in the future hopefully not near future but i'm gonna have to keep adapting Mm -hmm. and um i tell people all the time like if i didn't have four years clean when i was diagnosed i would not be here like if i didn't learn those tools being clean for that long i wouldn't be able to deal with having that mess you know, I mean, you, you talk about having to cut out sugar and lower energy and not noticing some of the symptoms while you were using. I, I think the answer right now is cocaine, obviously. <laughs> a lot of energy, no sugar added, like methamphetamine, you know, I mean, that could work, too. Yeah. You know, uh, when Dave was on here talking about meditation, um, he's really into this Zen process. He's a, a Zen priest. He goes specifically to his practice and his mentors for the rug to be pulled out from under him which is like an interesting idea right he he kind of that like doesn't the, sound interesting i wouldn't want to do that well the the <laughs> zen process is about like having the illusion shattered and you know all this deepness and everything and i'm just wondering like what his thoughts would be on literal i mean i guess not literal i mean if i actually took a rug out from under you but like you know a more physical piece of having the rug pulled out from under you in your life like his is more like you know people showing him psychologically where his ego does like you know what i mean like i'm just wondering what his take on this would be like i i I could see him seeing some of the benefits of it just because you get to a level of, of like acceptance or understanding of life that other people don't ever have to really dig to 
Yeah. Okay. You're I see like, what you're saying, but like, uh, no. Uh. Uh-uh. Like, if I could not do it, I'd just rather not do it. Right. I'd rather not right. have MS. But I mean, it was the hand I was dealt. I, I wasn't trying to paint it pretty. I, was I know. Just saying. I know. I know. <laughs> but no. Yeah, and I guess there is benefits to the acceptance, but. Yeah, and you mentioned your sponsor or sponsorship family being a big part of your support early on. Yeah. Was that piece already there as a result of work you did, or when you were diagnosed, did you reach out and build that relationship? That was that was already there, and that's why I say, like, if I didn't have an established recovery with my first four years, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have made it to today. Well, because I previously, one of the pieces of advice I got that I always kind of stick with now is that, like, I need to keep myself sort of grounded in my recovery because I don't know when the storm is going to come. You know, right. we, as yeah. anybody in recovery, we've been through our trials and shit yeah. come up in life that kind of smacks you blindsided and all of a sudden, you know, Absolutely. you're like, it's sort of flipped upside down and it's like, well, what do you do with that? And it's, you know, the the recovery process being fundamental in my life yeah. has helped me from making it worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I had. I had all those relationships well established when I was diagnosed, you know, and just from taking suggestions, you know what I mean? Keeping close and, and, uh, always letting know, letting people in your network know what's going on. Yeah. Which I also think gives a more realistic version of what happens in the program. I mean, I've sponsored a lot of people over the years and my likelihood to reach out to a guy that's kept in touch with me on a regular basis and that I'm friends with and that, you know, I'm, as a fucking human being, I got to be honest, I'm probably willing to do a little more for that sponsee that's kept in touch with me, that's been my friend, that showed up to maintain that relationship, than a guy that never fucking calls me. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, gives me a phone call and says, oh, by the way, I'm getting kicked out of my house, and can you help me with rent? <laughs> like, right. I don't know that I'm as likely to, I mean, and I hate to say that, but I'm just, that's as the a truth. human being, that's the truth. That's the like, truth. I'm going to be way more willing to help a guy that I sort of am in communication with and build a relationship with than a guy that we just have a relationship based on you asked me to help you one time two years ago. Right. <laughs> well, you're, you're more invested. Right. You know what I mean? You're more tied in. I, I think one of the things, Drew, that you also said in this idea of like how to cope or, or what to do when this kind of life-changing situation happens there was a lot of personal reflection mentioned but also this idea of like giving yourself permission for things and yourself to be different than what you expected and I, and I find like that's a challenge I've run into in my life right I set up an expectation about a situation sometimes subconsciously and I have struggled to give permission to life to be what the fuck it is which is not looking like what I want it to be and then I struggle giving myself permission to be wherever it is I'm at, right? Like, oh, well, I thought I was or I want to be this other thing, this model citizen or whatever the fuck. And like, guess what? I'm not that right now. I'm this, you know, whatever I may be in that moment. I always go to like being a pervert or liking titties or something. I don't know why, but that's like, I guess one of my things. I don't know. But I'm like, that's who I am right now. Let right. me not try to be this pillar of the community let me give myself permission to feel how i feel yes i um you know i mean have to uh take it take it easy on myself and not have so many expectations you know what i mean as far as like with the whole community piece that you were talking about like i i still i still volunteer with that nonprofit that i worked for and um 
they well they still let me volunteer <laughs> i guess whatever but like they understand that like okay maybe somewhere where drew needs to be politically correct is not the setting for him mm. let's <laughs> <laughs> let's put him with the people that are closer to the dirt that are like you know what i mean <laughs> that are trying to get up out of it so they don't give a shit if he says something that's like inappropriate or i don't or think the like people that. closer to the dirt is the politically correct <laughs> right exactly exactly definitely a little prove my case here you know well, i was even picturing and, and maybe this is a piece where like the the part of you that was an asshole already actually came in handy but like that piece where people are telling you, you know, when you were telling them early on, like, oh, I, I can't do those kind of things or I can't come to that or I can't participate in this. And they were like, oh, what the fuck? You, you know, you look healthy. You look fine. Come on. You're 31. What? Whatever. Maybe. I mean, that would have been a challenging piece to give myself permission to, like, not try to live up to what other people were expecting of me. But I, I almost feel like that's a piece where being an asshole ahead of time kind of prepared you to be like, eh, suck yeah. my balls, man, whatever. Yeah, yeah, like a lesser person would try harder and make themselves sicker. Yeah, no, <laughs> I did. I did try at first to do things. But um, people that were my real friends that like, so like, say we went trick-or-treating with our kids or something and they see me walking on crazy. You actually see me when I tried to do trick-or-treating when I was, when I first got back to where i could walk but then after walking a lot up and down main street you know what i mean you see me struggling and and walking with my with my family and my then girlfriend and like she was asking me are you okay i'm like no i'm not okay like <laughs> my legs are flailing about and i can barely think straight mm -hmm. but like after doing that a couple times it got to the point where i was like no fuck you i'm not i'm, I'm not doing it man mm -hmm. i'm not i'm just not doing it you can go do whatever you want, but I'm I'm good right here mm. on the couch or, you know, wherever. So challenging, man. So challenging. So what is your, uh, do you have like a new, God, I feel like I'm buying into society's bullshit now with like aspirations and success. Like what, what are you looking forward to? How have you changed? Because I feel like we all need some kind of either hope or dream or ambition. Yeah, yeah I hate to use ambition. <laughs> but like, what do you? What do you got your mindset on? Like, what is your next journey? So I'm a stay-at-home dad right now. That's beautiful. I'm okay with it. I feel like such a boomer saying, like, I just hope my kids have respect and hold the doors for the ladies. But, like, that's it. I just want to raise kids that are not little assholes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, have respect for their elders and community and um, just aren't pieces of shit. Right. You know what I mean? And. I'm focused on that right now. Hmm. I think that's beautiful. I'm almost, yeah. you're like fighting yourself to make them not assholes though. <laughs> I know. It's really hard not to laugh at your kid when they do something and it's like, yeah, he gets that from me. <laughs> there I am. <laughs> oh, that's great. Any final thoughts or anything that you were thinking about this episode that we ended up not getting to or... Anything else you think is pertinent information for somebody who's maybe just entering this realization in their life? As far as like the, with, with the chronic illness or whatever, like find you a good specialist, man. And, uh, don't be afraid to take the medicine. I'm not talking like take the pain pills. They try to push on you or none of that, but I'm saying like at first, you know what I mean? There's, there were some, some issues with, uh, sex drive and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
certain things not working. The doctor offered me Viagra, and I was like, I don't need that. I'm 30 years old. I'm good. Take the medicine, man. Mm. Like, they offer it for a reason. You know what I mean? And um, I got to be honest. When you were talking about walking kind of wonky and your nerves not acting right, I was like, I wonder if that made him bad at sex. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but because we're men and like so we're <laughs> mammals and like adults have sex with their significant yeah. other, right? And that's a thing, and like that's a quality of life thing. So like if you're ever in like a bad car accident and you can't perform sexually, they give you more money in the in the settlement because it's huh. a it's a staple on a quality of life. Like they that like the 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 man or the professionals or the feds or whatever rate like staples like can you eat normally can you walk normally can you play with your kids can you work can you have sex you know what i mean with no issues wow you know what i mean so like that was a big issue and like i'm just now to the point where like i can have sex and not feel like i'm dying Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean this goes back to the whole girl on top thing for me. I'm like, <laughs> perfect, man. Check another See, box. And that's where I, I went. I'd be like, look, here. this is too stressful. I'm just going to lay here and you need to do all the work. Because yes. I'm stressed. <laughs> I mean, maybe it maybe it made you better. Maybe you're a little like wiggly now where you weren't before or something. I don't know. Like it moved you didn't even know. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh all right, Drew. I, I thank you so much for coming on, man. Of course. I, of course. My pleasure. I mean, you're... Your story is is inspiring to me. I know I can see where if I was in that position, I wouldn't feel like that's an inspiration. But to me, it's like the ability to accept and find acceptance with some of the hardest circumstances I can imagine. Right. Like that's just fucking inspiring that I can continue on my journey of of accepting life and, you know, getting rid of this illusion of ego and and be a better guy. I I love it. All right. Okay. Have a good week out there, guys. Thank Thank you. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. 